1: Weak, like you trying to guard Kimber <laughs> your team whack and your players whack whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer, okay, we about chips here, I'm talking about this year, being a 12 plus 6 here, fast PP, top rookie, I'm saying it now, ain't playing around with Taylor Brown, we off the charts, but you gotta play at market smart, close out cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard, gang green, it's no other way, so tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date you <laughs> <Aziz>. <laughs> AJ, I, I
2: see you
1: welcome to portable, the boston celtics podcast here on the athletic podcast network i'm your host sam jam packard professional sports fan and i am joined as always by the kid the god the legend Celtics Pete reporter from The Athletic, Jay King, ladies and gentlemen. And we are coming to you late on Sunday morning, I guess Saturday evening. No, Friday. I don't even have my days correct. But the point of the matter, I'm frazzled right now. I'm amped up because Tristan Thompson just said some absolute gold quotes uh, in the post game press conference. But really, I'm amped up because Jason Tatum scored 50 points and the Celtics took game three from the Brooklyn Nets. I believe it was 125 to 119. Jay King, you were in the building. What was your reaction from this game?
2: Just a special, special performance from Tatum. He's had at least 50 points now, four times since April 9th. This was the most impressive to me because you can't let up against Brooklyn. Harden and KD combined for 80 points, and Tatum was the best player on the court and the Celtics needed every bit of it. I, I think just, just watching the relentlessness that he showed to, to pick on matchups and to go to the hoop and to draw fouls, it was really a special performance from him. And, and to do it, in, first of all, first in the first quarter, they get down 15. He helps bring the Celtics flying back with 13 points in that quarter. Then Celtics go ahead and he just kept making plays some passes in the fourth quarter some buckets in the fourth quarter the shot over KD to basically seal it it was just just a really really great game from Tatum and then the Celtics needed a lot of their other guys to to play well too
1: and it's not only like the all the shots he made and he was relentless in going after um pretty much everyone i was kind of surprised the nets just continued to switch and let him go after um, Claxton and Shamit. It was really the third quarter. I thought with him and Marcus Smart combined to have a huge uh basically that's what won the Celtics the game. They were able to kind of build up this big lead. They combined for 29 points there. Jason Tatum had um, I think 19 in that quarter but just attacking uh, the Nets bench it was what uh, allowed the Celtics to be successful and I think the Jeff Green injury actually had much more of an impact than I think anyone thought it was going to Um, because it allowed the Celtics to attack. But then Tatum was also making passes, and the Celtics ended up shooting over 40% from three, largely just because of Marcus Smart and Evan Fournier, who were able to knock down shots. And when the Nets were putting a loading up and putting a lot of attention to Jason Tatum, and he just continued to make the right play. And the Celtics held up down the stretch. They were able to hold on to that lead, but it's just anytime they needed a bucket, Um, They went back to Tatum and he's able to get to the line or um, even when they didn't get that big switch uh, or that switch on Durant, he was able to knock down that shot over him. He just continues to be great in a game in which James Harden was unstoppable and Kevin Durant. I don't remember him missing. It was just wild to see the Celtics be able to continue to score with the Nets uh, for 48 minutes after falling down 19 to four in the first four minutes.
2: Yeah, that's what they need to do, right? That's what Brad Stevens has been impressing upon everyone the whole time like the Nets are going to score a lot Kyrie did not have a great game today at all the net supporting cast was very quiet and the Nets still had 125.3 points per 100 possessions they still scored 119 points like they were still offensively fantastic they're just going to be really tough to stop and that's why there's so much pressure on the Celtics to to keep scoring and that's why I thought Tatum's performance was was so special because he had so many answers and and like it's just so exhausting to to play that way they were running everything through him they they were giving him the ball in the post they were isoing him up top they were trying to give him as much space and then playing off him basically every single possession And I just thought that's
1: playoff basketball. That's what we talked about. Like what we wanted to see from Tatum going into the series It's like, you have to exploit the weakness on the floor. And for Brooklyn, they don't have like a fifth guy at this point, basically anyone other than Kevin Durant. They kept on talking about this on the broadcast. If Tatum got someone not named Kevin Durant on him, that was, he was going to win that matchup and he did it consistently um, knocking down 16 shots tonight. uh, And then also just getting to the line. The Celtics, I mean the Nets shot sixteen free throws in the fourth quarter, and the Celtics were still able to maintain their lead and keep it going. But I thought it was just a it was just one, I think Brad did a job of just going to Jason Tatum, but then making some adjustments. We saw he he invented a new way to screen um with just guys facing forward. I thought he did a better job, at least in the start of the game, where it was like Tatum still was uh solid, but it wasn't. So much focused on Tatum. I thought the the offense just looked better. There was clearly just a more emphasis of getting to the rim. And I think that allowed Tristan Thompson, who, hand up, I fucked up. I've been slandering Tristan Thompson this entire year. He had his best game of the season, nine offensive rebounds. And I think a lot of that was just so much the the rim pressure the Celtics put on. It allowed Tristan Thompson to come in and uh, put everything back. He still finished the game minus 16, but we're not going to focus on that. But I I thought it was a solid performance um, offensively from pretty much everyone other than Kemba Walker.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the Celtics, they needed all of it. Fournier hit some big shots. That was the Marcus Smart game, by the way. Shouts to me. I knew there would be a Marcus Smart game when he just hit everything and the Celtics needed him to hit everything. Like the the Nets are going to send a ton of – Pressured toward Tatum, they're going to send a ton of attention toward Tatum. I actually thought they gave up too many easy switches. The Nets did. Like, how, how many times did they just like very easily switch Kyrie onto Tatum, and and Tatum just had his way with that matchup? I think the Nets will probably try to do things a little differently in Game Four and moving forward. Like, there's no point of switching that, especially when it's Marcus Smart running the pick and roll. Like just go under underneath the screen. I I know Smart was hot. I know he's capable of hitting that shot, but the way Tatum was going, like I I just felt like they gave up switches way too easily. But
1: I don't know why they kept doing it. Like we saw them, I think one time double Tatum like Harden did, and he found like he did a great job of finding Romeo open in the corner, but that's still Romeo Langford, and you're gonna if you're the Nets, you're gonna live with that shot. I would expect them to kind of switch up their coverages a bit and just try to get the ball out of Jason Tatum's hands just because I mean, if Kemba's not going to, like Kemba, I don't know how much of his knee is affecting him. He clearly didn't have it uh, offensively other than when he's shooting in the mid range. He should only be allowed to shoot in the mid range um, from now on. But I thought also the Celtics did just a better job rotating defensively. I know that like Kevin Durant and James Harden are pretty much unstoppable, but they didn't find themselves in rotation as much as they did um, in game two. Like they let, had those guys and played them straight up uh, and let I mean, they're going to beat them one-on-one because that's what James Harden and Kevin Durant do, but Joe Harris didn't have a big night, had some real ugly misses, um, but I just think like, that's, I think, the way you have to, I guess, beat the Nets is just not let them get going in transition, not let them get those easy baskets, make their stars be stars and make them score 40 each night, and so I th- thought the Celtics uh, were just better defensively, and I think a lot of credit goes to Romeo Lankford who played um, 20 minutes plus off the bench and I thought it was just solid defensively, and then, Finally, we saw Grant Williams come in and play small ball five. He was huge in that stretch in the third quarter when the Celtics made that run. He was perfect tonight in his role. Um, Had a huge block on James Harden as well, but I just thought the defensive intensity and the physicality was that much better tonight uh, as compared to game two. Yeah, and and, I mean, Romeo, they kind of just dusted him off, played him 27
2: minutes. I think we saw Brad Stevens shift more from offensive choices with the bench you know he was going with jabari parker over the first two games to more solid defenders and and romeo is obviously that and i thought romeo like obviously durant and harden were just going bonkers (laughs) they hit a ton of tough shots but romeo kind of stayed in front forced them to to take tough shots and that's what all you're trying to do against those guys and that's been the game plan all along is to take away the supporting cast Make Harden, Kyrie, and KD just make superstar shots over and over, and they will, and and <laughs> and
1: they did, <laughs> <laughs> And
2: they did. Um, but if you can limit the other guys, then then maybe you can give yourself a chance. And so yeah, the, the Celtics bench. I mean, plus twenty one for Romeo, plus fifteen for Grant Williams, and and they were both very solid defensively, and, and those they're both bigger guys who can do some switching and and can at least try to stay in front of Kevin Durant and James Harden and contest those guys. And so I I think that's important. And, you know, the difference between Jabari Parker defensively and Romeo and Grant defensively is, is pretty wide. And it's not like Jabari was giving you a ton of offense anyway. So I, I think that was a necessary adjustment from Stevens and something that Celtic will probably stay with moving forward, especially now with Robert Williams in a walking boot with a sprained ankle. and, who knows what what his sh- status will be moving forward
1: He shouldn't come back and that was kind of the I think the most surprising thing he was like the offense actually looked pretty good with he was in there but he did not play at all in the second half and that's like why that we saw Celtics go to Grant and I thought like it makes sense with Brad just kind of focusing on defense more because the offensive strategy was get the ball to Tatum and get the hell out of the way. Not a bad strategy when the guy can put up 50 and has put up 50 four times. The only person to put up 50 in the regular season, the playing game and a playoff game the same season. So, ooh, ooh a little for fancy first stat NBA there. history there. Although yeah. the playing game doesn't really count toward records, it counts for that
0: record. Yeah, I mean, he's the only one. Tic tac toe, three in a row. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more.
3: Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com.
1: I mean, uh, before we get to the, I know you got to go and actually write some uh, articles on this game, you'd be a professional reporter, but uh, any other big takeaways from the Celtics' victory? Yeah, I just thought, I just thought
2: defensively they were much better. And even though the the numbers didn't show it, like they were just far more solid. And you know, Harden hit seven out of twelve threes, and just they were all like tough stepbacks. So, and every once in a while he's going to do that. He's not like a super high percentage three point guy. So those are shots the Celtics are going to have to live with, especially if they're switching Tristan Thompson and stuff like that out on him as as they have been sometimes. I just thought they were a lot sharper. I was impressed by how they came back after falling behind 19-4. Like that's a haymaker right off the bat. Fall fall behind 19-4 and I thought Marcus Smart was awesome in the first quarter. He was awesome most of the game. I thought Tatum he was just he never stopped. And and that's that's the type of effort that Everyone kind of is demanding from him, and and it's really tough to do that all the time. But but he showed a glimpse of like just being absolutely unstoppable, possession after possession, forcing the Nets to into bad situations over and over and over again. To to me, the most impressive plays by him, there were a lot, but in in the fourth quarter, like the two passes for for kickout threes that he made. When he had it going like it's it's tough to make that pass when you really have it going. He did that. And then the other one, he had Bruce Brown must have been exhausted, had played about 40 minutes deep into the fourth quarter, goes to the hoop, draws a foul. And it was just like the tough, tough buckets that he just never let their nets off the hook at all that entire game. And that, that's what I was most impressed by. Like, that's exhausting to do over and over for an entire game in a playoff setting. And and Tatum did it.
1: And he just mowed through different defenders. Like, Nick Claxton got his chance. Like, they had to switch it. Landry shammit did not have a good game. He, like, destroyed him. Kyrie had him for the start of the fourth quarter. Eventually, they had to go away from him. I thought Bruce Brown did the best job against Tatum um, and made it most difficult. But you're right. He just absolutely... Um just kept punishing anyone who uh was in front of him and then hit the uh kind of game ceiling shot over Kevin Durant what did you think of Kyrie Irving's return to the Boston garden tonight I I laughed when I saw that he was welcoming the booze I thought that yeah, was yeah that fantastic. was fantastic
2: that was fantastic I didn't expect that out of Kyrie because he's not really one to engage in a lot of stuff like that he normally plays it cool and not a hoopla really... guy
1: not a hoopla yeah not guy. at all
2: but But he was calling when they were chanting, fuck you. He was calling for more of it. I appreciated that. I respected that. I, uh, it was great theater. It'll be even better theater in game four with close to a full crowd and with the Celtics now in this series or somewhat in this series, at least if they win that game, who knows, you know, pull within two, two. So I think it'll be a crazy, crazy crowd on Sunday. Kyrie. He didn't try to force much, um, but he was really quiet. It wasn't wasn't one of his better nights. Um, there were there were a couple of plays when it, it felt like he was trying to force things because of the crowd and because of the situation. Um, but yeah, the the Nets they don't need him. To be great, to be unstoppable, especially when Durant and Harden are like that, so which is was, wild.
1: It, is Jeff Green more important to the Brooklyn Nets than uh, Kyrie not, Irving?
2: No, absolutely not. Yeah, I don't um, know.
1: Brooke's but he,
2: in the he is important, and he's just another guy with with physicality to stop Tatum. I just thought Tatum was so physical that there wasn't much the Nets could do. Um, and and when he's playing like that, like there aren't many guys who can who can stop him. There aren't many guys who can slow him down and the nets certainly don't have many so that's what he has to do that's how good he has to be for the Celtics to really have a chance um it's going to take special outing after special outing after special outing and that's kind of what Tristan Thompson told him after the game i think Tristan told him you know the great players run it back and do it again so no pressure tatum just just got to have another 50 burger and get I four. mean
1: i said before the series that for them to win a game like they needed to get 60 from uh Kemba and Tatum I think they no I think Kemba only had six tonight they didn't even get
2: 60 from even though Tatum had 50 yeah
1: (laughs) they had 56 but still Fournier uh, and
2: Smart more than made
1: up for it yeah and and Fournier was really good Fournier was good knocked down some huge shots there's a one uh ATO I think after a a challenge from the corner yeah yeah where I thought Tatum did a good job finding it um but Fournier was very solid um and just a great uh Passer and just did made the right place tonight. All right. We gotta go. So we're gonna finish up with the world famous potable six pack because I enjoy my beverage. Jay King was <sniffs> the first pick tonight. Uh I'm gonna go with Kyrie,
2: <laughs> Kyrie asking the crowd for more while they chanted fuck you, Kyrie. I, I just really appreciated that. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. Um and just just seeing him going like this, it was it was great theater. I am I'm, I'm there for the drama, I'm there for the beef. Uh I'm glad that there was nothing that crossed the line or seemingly nothing that crossed the line. It was just good old-fashioned sports hatred and Kyrie fed into it and it was fun.
1: And it's going to be even more insane on Sunday night when you get the full garden. Uh let me tell you, I've been I've been missing like the full garden, like the energy I know I have made fun of Knicks fans for being like it's different in MSG. No, it's just like when you get 17,000 sports fans who are like really locked in, it's just a fun environment. I think the Celtics have a real chance to feed off of it. Um, and you know what? I'm my first pick in the potable six pack has gotta be Tristan Thompson's post-game media availability. I wanted he, to
2: pick that one too.
1: I can't fucking wait till Sunday. 17k green. I'm gonna see the leprechaun. That's what it's all about. We need to blow the roof off this motherfucker. Get it rocking. Let's fucking dance and have a good time. Like that man's electric. They're pure <laughs> electric factory. That was just I. We waited for what two hours after the game, but you knew Tristan Thompson was going to deliver. I want to see the leprechaun. I'm gonna be there Sunday night. I'm gonna have dance and have a good time. Whoever see the leprechaun say yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that's got that's fantastic. I just like I've criticized Tristan Thompson a lot this entire year. But for just like that's exactly what you want, and I thought he played with a lot of energy today, a lot of offensive rebounding. I liked him pumping up the crowd. You need like something like that, and I was just a huge fan of Tristan Thompson doing that. Uh, his post game was fantastic.
2: Yeah, it, it it was it was electric, and and he was great. That was probably Tristan Thompson's best performance with the Celtics. The part about his post game performance that you glossed over is that he was asked about his play and was kind of pissed off that the reporter hinted that he hadn't be, been playing like that all season but then he said you know what some guys are regular season players other guys are playoff players and i think it's pretty clear that he considers himself a playoff player so regular season's
1: horse shit so i mean <laughs> yeah you are going to show up
2: got to be playoffs it's no longer horse shit and and <laughs> Tristan Thompson was was really really good and like his his performance on the glass especially early in that game like really helped turn things around for Boston
1: all right my second pick is going to be Marcus Smart drawing the charge on Kevin Durant late that should have sealed it can't believe it was overturned that was just a ridiculous call like it was clearly just the reminiscent of that great Celtics comeback against the Rockets and James Harden like Harden should have told Durant like that was coming and then to have that overturned and then Marcus's like ridiculous pondering reaction to it i it was just frankly it was absurd it was the entirety of marcus smart but i was entertained by it once the celtics won
2: my favorite part of the marcus smart experience and this this is gonna be my next pick um was when he convinced brad stevens to challenge the foul that he made a very bad foul on kevin (laughs) 94 94, 94, from the hoop (laughs) yeah um but he convinced brad to challenge it i I'm always a big fan when a, when a p- player convinces a coach to challenge it because players are often wrong. They never think they foul. Um, also,
1: but, there's like six more calls than the rest of that game where like they could have used that challenge. Yeah. Yeah, there were there were a lot of borderline calls. Um, the Tatum foul on uh, Bruce Brown in the backcourt was
2: absurd. That was a tough one. But yeah, so that, that was my favorite Marcus Smart moment. It, this was the Marcus Smart game. He was so good the whole way through I thought defensively he just set a tone for for the Celtics I thought Tatum was great defensively too like th- those two guys were really really sharp defensively and uh smart offensively too like his offense because of how shorthanded the Celtics are without Jalen Brown is really important to to space the court for Tatum to set up Tatum there were so many times when when smart was the guy who helped Tatum get the matchup and Smart was like adamant about finding Tatum in those matchups. I just I just thought he was he was very, very good the whole way through. He also um,
1: had a ridiculous bucket with like two and a half minutes to play, where it was just like the play broke down and he drove into the paint and just did his goofy Marcus Smart shit. That was just like that's classic Marcus.
2: Yep. And then uh my last pick will be Grant Williams talking shit to Kevin Durant. Yeah, buddy. Just Grant Williams talking shit to Kevin Durant. Not much else needs to be said there. Uh, at first, I, I I don't think he was talking shit. And then it looked like Kevin Durant might have said something to him. And and Grant Grant snapped back. That is now two straight games. First it was Fournier.
1: Now it's Grant Williams. What I think just, happened was Durant knocked down Fournier and then started talking shit to Fournier. And Grant was, like, defending his guy. I think that's what he was going like. But just still, the willingness to talk shit to Kevin Durant is fantastic. Grant also had a huge block in that. Uh, we have to give him credit for that. Um, my Yeah, final... that, one, that one was wild. He really got up there. I thought it was definitely a goaltend, but they didn't call it, and he was well above the rim. Yeah, no, uh, great block. Um, my pick is going to be, and it's only because they reviewed it and, and ended up being Boston's ball, but you talk about it all the time, Kemba Walker shooting from deep with about – like what the celtics up six in a minute or like a minute and a half left to play he just took one of the most absurd shots like he's he was zero for six for that point and he's only hitting foul like he hit a layup to start the game and then two foul uh line jumpers it was an awful awful shot that didn't end up costing them but man that was that was all that was terrible
2: wasn't Kemba's best offensive performance got a lot of rebounds um had some good defensive possessions. I thought one of the foul calls on him was really tough, at least one. um But yeah, scoring wise, they're going to need more from him because Tatum, Smart, and Fournier can't be the only one scoring, and their supporting cast. Like, if they're going to play Grant Williams and Romeo Langford big minutes, there is no one else to score outside of their their top four guys. So they he need needs, Kemba.
1: Attack like he's so good at the mid range pull up, just like. If that's what you need to do to get Kemba scoring points, like that's what you go for. Like he's just not knocking down threes at this point. I don't know what his knee status is, but it feels like that's the shot he's most comfortable taking. So he needs to do it. The Celtics want to win game four. They're going to need another 56 points from Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker. I don't know what the combination is going to be, but we saw it tonight. They're going to have to just continue scoring with the nets and they're going to need high volume. From both of those guys, uh, hopefully, so Tatum doesn't have to go for another fifty. But it's going to be very interesting to see what happens on Sunday night. We will be there after the game, hopefully a little bit earlier than tonight. But who knows? Uh, but well, reactions from game four. Um, and thank you guys for watching. Everyone is staying up with us on the YouTubes. Uh, and Jay, I just wanted to know: is uh, is Landry Shamit potable? No. Anything is potable!